Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And this is episode 129. This episode's guest is comic book writer Lan Pitts. As a lifelong wrestling fan, Pitts got an opportunity to write for Boom Studios and their WWE comic book series. During our interview, we talked about being a wrestling fan and all the wrestling we have liked from the past and present. His stories are part of the Boom Studios WWE comic books, writing wrestling comic books for the casual comic fan, the freedom in writing wrestlers' stories in the comic book universe, the visual aspects of comic books, and how wrestling parallels the comic book world. Before we get into that interview, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh is the Word. And I also want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshthepodcast.com and share any of the links to any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And you can also subscribe to Fresh is the Word pretty much anywhere where podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. You can follow, subscribe at any of those places. Please rate and review if you can, especially on Apple Podcasts. That would help out a lot. If you want to send me anything, pitches, comments, concerns, whatever, you can always email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KFresh is the word and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KFresh. And you can follow Fresh is the word on Twitter at Fresh is the word and that's is with the I-Z. Instagram at Fresh is the word podcast and Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh is the podcast. All right, let's get into the interview with Lan Pitts. To, you know, you're a suggestion from uh, Leanna Kangas to uh, someone that I should interview because uh, it looks like we have a lot of things in common. Uh, you, uh, you write for the WWE uh, uh, comic book. Um, what's, what's everything that you've been involved in recently? That's pretty much it. I have a couple of creator-owned works that are... I'm going to debut one at C2E2 and... A few more that are going to be sprinkled throughout the year. Uh, I have a thing being looked at at, um, at Image right now with Tom Feaster, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I've been a contributor for Newsarama for about eleven years. I did ComicBook.com for two years, so I'm I'm all over the place. <laughs> right, right. How did you uh, get involved with uh, being a part of the WWE comic? So this is one of my favorite stories and one that I I, I, I like telling a sort of almost as a warning be when people ask, you know, how do you how did you break into comics? And it was uh, me being pretty dumb, uh, maybe somewhat ballsy. So the editor at the time, Jasmine Amiri, who's now an editor over at Lion Forge, she was the editor of the WWE series. Um, and then the series uh, was announced, I think, in September of 2016, and it was going to launch, I think, that December or January. Uh, and so I approached her at New York Comic Con that year, and basically was just like, "You should let me uh, a pitch for you." And she goes, "Yeah, you should." And I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I have to go do this now." <laughs> so then I did, and um, uh, WWE liked it, Boom liked it, and. I signed the contract that January, so, right. and when uh, when Jasmine left for Lion Forge, Chris Rosa uh, kept me on board, and it's been good ever since. Yeah, I can tell you're a big uh, wrestling fan. Uh, when did you first uh, get into wrestling? Uh, when I was six. Yeah. So 1989. Uh, so that was basically just. I mean, I'm from. I'm, from the south so you know rick flair and oh the yeah in nwa whereas you know jim crockett and you know saturday night wrestling and all that kind of stuff and then it became wcw in 1990 and i was a big sting fan and flair left but i still kept up with pretty much everything so i mean my first event was starcade 89 future shock at the omni okay and just kind of never stopped. Everyone talks about going in and out of phases with it, but no, it's kind of been a consistent. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had my phases with it when I was a little kid. Um, I was, you know, into the, you know, WWF. I would catch um, the NWA and WCW stuff that would be like on Saturday nights and stuff. Yep. And um, and then I kind of got out of. I was kind of in and out of it for a few years, but then was totally got back into it how a lot of people got back into it in the uh, 90s was when the NWO hit. Yeah. And then the yeah. Monday Night Wars. And I was heavy into it until uh, the early 2000s when sort of WC- WCW went away. And yeah. then WWE was the only thing in town, you know. So, like, things kind of dropped off because there wasn't 
that competition anymore. Well, yeah, it wasn't, you know, mainstream competition, but that's when I kind of got involved with tape trading with my buddies. And, you know, that's how I discovered guys like the American Dragon, Brian Danielson and CM Punk and all those ROH guys. And WWA had its own thing, uh, was World Wrestling All-Stars, which was an Australian promotion. And that's where a lot of guys from WCW went who didn't get signed but that's where guys like aj styles got his start that's where guys like uh you know jeff jared and sting continued their uh careers and then obviously when jeff jarrett left that to go form uh nwa tna uh with his dad jerry jarrett yeah that's and they had weekly pay-per-views you could buy for 10 bucks yeah so i did a few of those uh and but it was around the time they finally got a good deal on spike and uh, they had their hour-long program, and I, I was really into I was really into them for a hot minute. Uh, around like 2005 to 2007, I was really big into TNA because uh, you had guys like Samoa Joe, you had guys like Petey Williams. You know, obviously when Kurt Angle revitalized his career there, Christian. Yeah. So I mean, those are good years in uh, TNA, uh, especially for that X division. You know, absolutely, yeah. When you had AJ Styles and Chris Christopher Daniels, and it was just hot in that uh, that X division. Absolutely, Uh, yeah. So (laughs) it it was good stuff. It was really good stuff. Yeah, I I I was kind of in and out during like the two thousands. I kind of paid attention here and there about what was going on, but I wasn't like heavy into it. And then it wasn't until maybe another, like, like from t- for today, like, until, like, maybe five or six years ago, I got back into it heavy. I was kind of, mm-hmm. like, for, like, the early part of this decade, I was, like, in a really bad relationship with this girl. So it took me away from a lot of things. <laughs> so um, once I got out of that, then I got heavy into wrestling. And I think I'm, like, more into wrestling now than I've ever been. I'm into the it's jet. A, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, I'm I'm totally into a lot of the Japanese stuff. Um, definitely into the women's wrestling in J- in Japan, the Joshi wrestling. Um, I, so it's a really good time right now to to be a wrestling fan. I I, I believe so. I think wrestling really hit its renaissance around 2015. I I really believe you had uh, Ring of Honor coming up. Yeah. Uh, all those guys. Yeah, Jay Lethal really found himself. Dalton Castle became a mainstay after he left Shakara. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam Cole was really finding his stride again. Uh, and then New Japan, obviously, when Okada won the belt back in 2016 and just had, like, this two-year streak of just being the man. Right. And so it really put all those guys into new places. You know, Kenny Omega was finding his stride in the heavyweight division winning the G1 Climax that year in 2016, you know, and then, of course, obviously having the time limit draw match at Russell Kingdom right? Uh, with uh, Okada the first time. So, uh, Russell Kingdom 11, I had to remember the number for a minute. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember, like, what year was it? Uh, and so, and then, of course, them doing New Japan World and having a service. So now is a time if you can't, like, you know, independentwrestling.tv has a whole thing out. Where yeah, the I streaming have, has been so yeah, good. The, like the, the streaming is so good. Like, the the New Japan World, um, that, like, just changed everything for a lot of those guys. It was just, like, guys like, uh, you know, the Bullet Club guys, like uh, the Young Bucks and 
uh, Gallows and Anderson. They went from like one day nobody uh, knowing who they were to like everybody knowing who they were. Like based off a lot of that streaming that New Japan did, mm-hmm. and um, then they were able to just build off of that. So like the streaming services really sort of took this really good stuff that was happening already and made it you know easier for people to really enjoy it. Well, also the fact that they started airing uh, older, I guess essentially catching people up on Access TV. Oh, yeah, that too. So people can find out, like, oh, I heard Shinsuke Nakamura got signed. Oh, well, this is his, you know, random match with Carl Anderson in 2015. (laughs) I can find out what this guy is all about before he comes on NXT. So, yeah, I don't think it's ever been a better time. And also the fact... It's been more accessible, yeah. Not, you know. Wrestling like that's never been more accessible. Yeah, and there's there's so much there's so many things that are changing now too, especially with um, um, the creation of AEW. Yeah, I, I definitely think you know it's, you know, people are already like, oh, it looks like Nitro, and I'm like, well, good, that's fine. I don't care. That sounds great. Nitro right. was <laughs> Nitro was great. It had Pyro in the intro. It was fun. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anything's going to be a healthy alternative and you can see kind of WWE treating this as a legitimate threat. And, uh, when you have videos of people having to change their shirts, uh, that never used to be the, never used to be the case. Nobody really cares, but now it's, it's really gotten a lot of people sweating, especially with rumors of like, okay, the revival are going to leave. Maybe Mike Kanellis. Uh, everyone else, you know, it's always a major rumor, but now the fact that, you know, people can finally put to bed the rumor that Kenny Omega is coming to WWE with last night's, you know, press rally. And that's fine because he's a guy who doesn't really need it. No. He's a guy who doesn't need it. And that's, and that's fine, especially to the fact that I think that he is also an executive vice president. He is getting paid. Oh yeah, he's he'll be getting fine. paid, <laughs> so it's good for him. It's good for him, and it's good for business. Yeah, it's good that uh, there's there's people that are able to create their own lane now and be able to be successful. What what Cody Rhodes has been able to do since he's uh, left the WWE has been so great. It's been very inspiring. I think so, especially when it was kind of hinted at last year when people were asking, "Oh, well." can't wait to see you at like Supercard or, or something. And he's like, not going to be there. And that was sort of the beginning of the rumblings back in October. Right. I think it was around October where people were like, after all in, uh, my partner was even like, how much you want to bet they're going to start their own promotion? And I was like, that's a good bet. That's a good, <laughs> that's a real good bet. And you can see them like they didn't have a proper send off in new Japan uh, like it was, you know, it was unceremoniously, it was weird. And, it, and it's really still weird considering Kushida got this great send off from New Japan and Kenny just kind of got phased out. And it was very interesting to see the a dynamic and how both were treated in that sort of way. Kenny was a main star and right. everything else. And Kushida was a contender in the junior division. But he got this great last match that he won with Tanahashi, and Kenny just kind of just 
silently went away. And it's so weird to consider that. But it's like, well, he... I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to claim like, oh, well, the sheet said this or anything like that. But it, it it'll be. It's very interesting to consider what exactly went backstage and how Kenny decided to leave the company in the way he did. I feel like I feel like maybe he just did that. Like that was his decision to be quiet about it. You know, everybody was kind of quiet about it. Um, they kind they're kind of doing it their own way. Like right now. Um, you know, Cody and uh, the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Page have been doing this little, like, indie run to also sort of announce people that they want to be, to, to be a part of AEW, and it's super cool, and I love, I love seeing the uh, footage of it. So I think they just kind of, like, want to do things in their own way, and maybe they just they don't need that, like, ceremonious, like, last match or whatever. I don't know. Something about, you know, I one thing I love about wrestling is the pageantry and the sort of code of honor they have amongst each other. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's not recommended or it's not a prerequisite each time some great has to go over. But it, it's really weird because even like Shinsuke had a had a press conference where he had to relinquish the IC title. And Kenny, you know. Kenny was their world champion. He's just like, I guess I'm out. And I don't know. It, it's just really weird. It could also be the fact that Harry Ma- Harold Mage, you know, the new uh, president, I think CEO or yeah. CFO, I can't remember what his actual title is of New Japan, was he, he just hellbent on, you know, when he made that whole speech of Dominion, talking about we're going to have this new expansion. You know, United States is going to see some of the best wrestling. This is what we're going to do. And I guess almost like he felt like he was going to, he had Kenny and Cody and the Bucks in his pocket for that sort of expansion. And then I guess Kenny decided to leave at some point, and that's when things could have soured. Yeah. Again, this is all speculation, <laughs> right. but but th- that seems like a plausible sort of explanation. Because now their U.S. expansion is centered around Juice Robinson and David Finley? So, sure. Right. Let's go there. (laughs) Yeah, and that little uh, U.S. tour that they had was really marred by our government shutdown because the Japanese guys couldn't get get their work visas. Well, especially because... um, So, work visas, I think, especially something like this, take up for, like, six months to process. Yeah. So, I figure... Like something was up, they may have filed for them earlier, or because the fact that it was almost gone for a month, it definitely halted things. Because now I'm curious, because I want to do uh, Supercard last year and had a really good time. That's when I did meet Koda, uh, Kenny, Tanahashi, and uh, it was just just great. Just wow, holy man, just it's spectacular. Just meeting like the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, uh, and now it's like, who's actually going to be able to be there? Because yeah. all with all these contracts going around, like Lucha Underground contracts, you know, yeah. they're trying to trying to get more guys from there. But it seems like those LU contracts are like ironclad, but they could get anybody they want from MLW. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so it, it's, it's really like it doesn't even seem like those contracts are worth the paper they're printed on because uh, they just got uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Right. It took a second. I was like almost saying Jimmy Jacobs, but I'm like, that's not right. So, yeah, they got, they got Jimmy Havoc. Um, and 
Yeah, it, it, it's a de- like, you know, as we've said, it's a very interesting time to be a wrestling fan now because there's literally so much going on. There's so much in the air. But my main thing is like, oh, my God, can I because I have a buddy of mine, Mario, was like, hey, we got these tickets, but then we got better tickets. We got you a pair if you want to go. They're fourth row. But like, if you're interested, let me know. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be interested. But I'm like, man, I don't <laughs> Is at the same time, like, if the card isn't great, I'm not going to shell out, and I can just put that money towards, like, better Mania tickets, because I still haven't got my Mania tickets yet. Right. Because, uh, I mean, well, last year, how everything worked out, uh, partner, uh, we got paid basically, like, at the end of the year. And then we got really good Mania st- tickets. Like, I was, we were 40 feet away from the ramp. Oh damn! Nice. Oh yeah, we felt all the pyro, saw all we the setup. We saw that big ass ramp. That we saw the big ass. <laughs> yeah, like we were we were forty feet away from the ramp. Um, felt all the pyro. From How does sex. that ramp look in person? Oh, great, amazing! <laughs> Everything like it, it's it was one of those things where because uh, I only had to do I could only do one day of access because I treated myself to my one thing that I wanted. Uh, but we had to hurry up and uh, had to hurry up and get it because I also had a signing at BSI Comics so that Friday because I couldn't do it Saturday because we had SuperCard and that the signing started at one and we were in line for Kenny Coda. Uh, God, who else did we meet? Uh, Kenny, uh, Hiroishi, like everyone, everybody was there. Everybody was there, so we were in we were in lines for about six hours. <laughs> so we knew like a signing Saturday wouldn't work, but a Friday, it was it was a low key signing. But uh, I had access uh, session at five o'clock because I met Shinsuke. Yeah. So that was the one thing I got myself was a VIP uh, meet and greet with Nakamura. Oh, nice. Uh, and I paid for it. <laughs> Uh, I actually, uh, by the time they sold out, uh, online, so I actually went to eBay and got it cheaper. So, yeah, someone was just selling, you know, it was a scalp thing, but, like, he had an honest bid on it, he didn't raise the prices, and I actually ended up paying, uh, cheaper than what I would have paid if I had actually, I'd say, like, 20 bucks. Okay. So, uh, met Shinsuke, and that was it. Like, that was my one thing I wanted. So, did signing, went to Access. Uh, it was just a, it was just a full wrestling weekend. So, I'm trying to figure out how to do it this year because, um, I have a signing at Eastside Mags that Friday, and then trying to figure out my supercard plans for Saturday and then Mania, uh, Sunday, and then trying to figure out what day. We might do access because I think we're just going to do a day of access because uh, the VIP things they look great this year, but like we had, we just moved, so we're not as balling as we were last year. <laughs> so it it all comes down and just trying to like figure everything out. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm into it. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you're uh, going to be part of the the WrestleMania special uh, uh, comic book for Boom Studios. Yeah, yeah, it's my second year. Uh, so I've done this will be my second WrestleMania. I did the Survivor Series special, the Raw 25th anniversary special, the Forever special, the Royal Rumble special, 
So I'm all over the place. But yeah, this is my this is my second second WrestleMania special. Yeah, I, I was a I was a last minute a last minute thing. Someone had to bow out. Um, just deadline hap- deadlines happen, and my editor Chris Rosa tagged me in, and I had a week to put together a script. Uh, it was something that WWE wanted, and I put it together, and it was uh, I finally did something that I set out to do when I got signed on to this. So I finally get to tell my Shinsuke story, <laughs> and I finally get to tell a Shinsuke Nakamura story, and I think it's great. Uh, my editor liked it, and I'm waiting on WWE approval as we speak. Nice. When you're um when you're writing these uh these comics for uh, Boom Studios, these WWE comics, being a being a wrestling fan, how do you go about um, writing these scripts that will stay true to the the wrestlers, but also be open to your uh, your casual comic book reader? Uh, easily. <laughs> I, I feel like I write them pretty easily for the most part because one of the things that you know when I when I talk about you know Jasmine hiring me and I, I make that joke, she's like, well, you you know the product, you know the product, you know the character, you know the universe, so you're a you're an easy fit and you're a natural fit and uh, yeah. So there's a lot of pressure sometimes if you don't like mess it up. Like I think if the Mania special. Last year, I did um, I did a Steamboat and a Savage at WrestleMania three, so they wanted to they wanted me to tell that story, and I did the best job I could, basically, of just kind of creating it like a Greek myth. Right. So it had a, like a lot of story, like a fairy tale sort of narration. Uh, with the giving Taker his origin story for the first Survivor Series thing, that thing I, I think that may have been my hardest one, just because um, mainly it went through so many revisions because I it, it was really unclear of I guess when we start who actually you know likeness that we have because I was like okay well you know we gotta have Brother Love we gotta have Jack Tunney and. You know, my editor came back and was like, we don't have likenesses to any of those guys. You got <laughs> proud of it. And I was like, well, shit. That's like his whole fucking story. <laughs> so so I, I, I came up with something and I wrote it and it was an eight pager. And then something happened where it got moved and then it got gutted because they're like, okay, well, actually, they want like this story in now. So mine got cut to a four-pager and had to rework everything. But then WWE was like, oh, but we really like yours. How about we just make it like a six-pager? I'm like, oh, my God, you're killing me here. So I went back and then rewrote it yet again. So, yeah, I think that was just the hardest one of just trying to figure out what exactly they wanted. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it worked out, I guess, for the, for the most part. I think so. I uh, I worked my buddy uh, Kelly Williams on that and uh, bought the art for it because I felt like it was one of our best things that I done. What sort of uh, like creative license do you feel like you get when telling these uh, these these stories of these wrestlers, these iconic wrestlers? You know, what sort of room that you do you have to tell these stories? You know, that's actually a really good question and one I don't really get asked a lot. I think the most questions I get is what's it like writing real people 
and I make this joke about, well, they're not really real people. It's it's not exactly like Mark Calloway is an undead wizard. So, <laughs> so, so that's actually a really good question. Uh, I feel like there's there's a lot of wiggle room, but one thing that WWE told me was like we like how you get the voices right for these characters. You you know what you're talking about. I'm like thanks, I try. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Uh, so I, I just try to know the voices the best I could and how I remember them. I mean, it's sort of like I wanted I wanted Undertaker to be as like basically if he was like picked you know, from our collective consciousness about, like, what the Undertaker sounds like, what he looks like, and and everything like that. Keep his... You don't you, you don't see anything in my Taker scripts, and I've written them a few times. You you don't see a lot of words. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot of dialogue. He basically gets to the point, and he's very straightforward in what he wants and what he wants out of, you know, his teammates, even when working with DiBiase. Yossi's talking, 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 and Taker's just, you know, like, what do you want? <laughs> and so he kind of, you know, has to negotiate with very few words. So uh, I, I think the best part about it was um, I, I think with my forever story, uh, Razor, I got to write Razor. And I basically just rewatched all of his vignettes, and I wanted to get down, like, his dialogue, his, his, uh, use of Spanish slang, which is really weird when you consider now, like, Scott Hall is not the least Hispanic. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you think back and you're like, oh, no, this is this is almost brown-facing, almost. Did, did, and you ever, did you ever hear, like, the story about the creation of the Razor Ramon gear, uh, gimmick? It's, it's, so, it's so good because Vince had never seen Scarface. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wow, I'm just, I'm ripping off this movie and luckily... <laughs> Vince has never seen it because then you watch it like you and then you you know as an adult you see Scarface you're like oh yeah this is no yeah he's like oh these these WWF superstars these cockroaches and then like like oh yeah that's that's exactly what he is <laughs> got it he even drives like the same like convertible yes and, yeah I was like oh man the symbolism's all there it's Perfect. all there <laughs> so. So, yeah, his loud-ass clothes, his jewelry. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's really... Uh, the, even the whole thing about say hello to the bad guy. Right. Like, that is ripped from that movie. Um, and, I, I, and I, you know, we have to think, you know, some sort of deity that McMahon's ignorance of not seeing that movie. Otherwise, we may have just gotten somebody completely different. Right. But, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's, it's a really fun story, but... I try to incorporate, like, you know, him calling, because uh, he, he gets into a fight with DiBiase at a jewelry store, because this is sort of the beginning of their feud, and he calls him, like, a viejo, and listen here, pero, and just, you know, all this other kind of stuff. Um, I, I think I called him, like, an invadio at one point, but uh, they were like, no, that's too much. <laughs> Kama, Kama, uh, what is it? Chavala. Chavala? Something like that. Sorry, my, my Yiddish is coming out. Uh, Chavala. There we go. Because it was something like, uh, I think it means lass. Like like little girl. Something right. kind of sling like that. Um, and it, it was just it was just fun uh, to write basically like Razor of just like, you know, uh, had the story about new money versus old money. And 
just, you know, because Razor was the one that retired DiBiase from the WWF in 93. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to definitely just have that sort of moment. And I don't know, it was fun. It was probably the most fun script uh, I had making. So, but I, as for license, there's, there's, there's creative license. We uh, There's been a few instances where I've gotten notes back from WWE, like, okay, well, this is the story. This is who he can only interact with. Or, you know, you, you can't call, you know, you can't do bad words. Uh, like, we, we can't write The Rock, for example. Like, we can write The Rock, but we can't show The Rock. Because uh, it takes a long time to get to Dave Johnson. Okay. Uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Dwayne, it, it, it takes a long time to get approval from like Dwayne's people because he has to approve everything. Yeah. So our motto was basically like, just don't show him. If you're going to have the rock, just don't show him. Like, and so if you look at the WrestleMania special last year, where from Michael, um, did this page of the rock interfering with the Miz and Cena match. And, like, he punches, but his arm is in front of his face, so his face is blocked. <laughs> so, you know, there's a few creative moments about, like, you know, how you, um, uh, what we can do and how we can do it uh, certain ways. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't have, like, when I wrote Ric Flair, I, I wanted to be more showboat, but, like, 92 Flair was a sleaze bag. Yeah, he, you know, that whole thing about like him and Savage before she was yours, she was mine. I'm like, ugh, you're gross. <laughs> and but that was like his character, like, but that was you know one of the best things of like early or I guess late '80s Ric Flair was basically how he could just take any woman he wanted. Like, I'm gonna fuck your wife, and then your <laughs> girlfriend's gonna watch. It's gonna be great because yeah. I'm Ric Flair. I think my favorite. My favorite Ric Flair thing of just the overexact when he takes off his shoes and it's like these lizard shoes cost more than your yes. house. And I'm like, I believe it. I absolutely <laughs> believe it. Yeah, that, 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 that's about right. So I, I wanted to have that sort of Ric Flair to just be like, no, I, I'm Ric Flair. And, you know, Heenan, because um, I wrote um, Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan in the same story. And they're like, yeah, but like, you don't know what's coming because this Shawn Michaels kid, this Bret Hart kid, like, you, this is going to be your opposition. You think you're going to go after the big guns, but what you don't see is these stars coming up. And then, like, you realize Bret's the guy who beats Flair for his first world championship. So I, I really wanted to have, like, a showboat in Ric Flair of basically him just not giving a shit and just, like, enjoying the best life he could at the same time. So, anyway, sorry, I digress. But back to your question about uh, uh, leeway. There, there's definitely some leeway. We just can't get, like, too... We just can't get too weird. Um, but... There's definitely a lot of lightness, you know, license that we can take if it's still sort of in the same vein of things. Right. Like all of a sudden, like we can't be like, well, what is AJ Styles really like? And then him like kicking puppies or something like, <laughs> co like Cobra Commander style. They'll be like, no, that's not right. So. Right, right. A lot of these uh, 
a lot of these characters are, you know, highly, you know, visual people also, you know, when, as the writer of this, you know, how, do, how does it go along with, you know, whoever artist, whatever artist is uh, drawing these characters for the, uh, for the comic books, especially like an undertaker, how does that synergy happen in, in this sort of world? So for the first, uh, for the first story, I did, um, did a backup in issue number eight and it was, uh, Paul Bear and undertaker making uh, a coffin for Kamala for the 92 survivor series. And Jasmine just put together me with Kelly Williams and, He's a horror artist. A horror artist. Check out his stuff. He has his own stuff about uh, mini comics in the dark. Uh, he does the cabinet. A lot of EC horror looking stuff is really. Uh, I think he did a creepy issue. So really, really cool guy. Um, and so if for the most part, it's usually just I don't have a lot of say in who I work with. And that's fine, uh, but I, I wish there was definitely more collaborative efforts. So by the time, by the time the Survivor Series special came out, I was like, "Hey, can I work with Kelly again?" And Chris was like, "Yeah, I was going to pair you guys up again for the story because he draws a really good Undertaker," and he did. So uh, we basically just worked together. And he's like, "How do you like this layout? What you're feeling here?" And I, I liked what he had, and it was funny because. Uh, WWE actually uh, made him redraw this one panel, I think, three times. It was just a shot of Virgil. <laughs> and for some reason, of all things, they were like, this Virgil likeness isn't good enough. <laughs> really? Virgil? And that's what I was like, Virgil? <laughs> so, um, and then when he worked on the Taker graphic novel um, with a lot of, lot of cool people... Um, uh, I, I helped, um, he, he's like, you know, Hey, what is, what does this look like? And, you know, so there was some mild collaboration of just trying to, cause he doesn't really watch like a lot of wrestling. Uh, so I just helped what I could and consulted what I could. Um, but for the most part, no, there's, there's no really collaborative, uh, effort between us which is it's it's difficult and but also at the same time i guess a, a blessing because these editors do know what these artists are capable of like i have no idea who's drawing my shinsuke story so um and because that was such a that's was just such a tight turnaround because i had to do i turned in a draft monday because uh, i had a week i had a week to do a, a week to do a draft so i did 10 pages in a week after I did the outline and then I uh, had to do revisions because I, <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't going to get away with it, but I thought it in just in case. So I was going to have like a, uh, a not so secret cameo of um, Tanahashi and Okada. Right. Basically like he goes to hang out with Tanahashi and Okada, <laughs> but, but you can't see their faces. <laughs> So he's like, you got to take these clones out, guy. I was like, oh, I tried. Uh. So what I end up, I know, I know. I was like, I it was a long shot. I shot my shot, whatever. Right. So uh, basically um, what ends up happening is it's, I later wrote it 
and it's him and Oscar meeting for brunch. Nice. <laughs> uh, basically talking about like the pressures. You know, they both won the Rumble last year. They're both, you know, they both won their respective Rumbles last year. So it's them just talking about the pressures that are on and like the how Shinsuke kind of felt like his career was at a stalemate. And then he won the Rumble. And then he almost has like this imposter syndrome. Okay. So like, you know, do I belong here? I lost a gender twice in a row. I don't know if I'm the right guy to have done this. So he basically just has a whole thing. And Oscar's like, no, no. But like, you have to remind them why you're here. Like, you know, they want to call you the rock star, but I know you can be better. Remind them why you're king. So, and uh, that's basically, that's basically like their little moment together. And yeah, it was fun because I really, I love Shinsuke. He's been following his career for, oh God, I guess it's 13 years now. And and uh, meeting him last year was great. I gave him a copy of the WrestleMania issue. And uh, just, he's just one of my favorite guys. Yeah. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what his career is like. But the fact that I still got to write him and then Oscar, because I think she's she's just when I, I think of the things that I, I love about wrestling, her and Shinsuke are a perfect culmination of like everything pageantry. Yes. Which is like, which is like entrance, uh, uh, banging theme music. Yeah. Uh, great in the ring weird promos like you're really not exactly quite sure like could Shinsuke be an alien I, yeah I think so so <laughs> it, it's it's just one of those things like yeah that seems about right so I, I I love those things about wrestling like I love I love big ass stupid entrances I love uh obviously banger theme music it it's something because every part of their character is storytelling yeah <clears throat> and from how they move to the ring, how they look from their attire to their finisher move to their ring psychology, it's all storytelling. And, uh, excuse me. And I was at a Phantom Comics this past weekend. Shout out to Phantom Comics in, um, in DC and DuPont Circle. And my friend Raven, who's a manager at the store, put together a wrestling workshop. Okay. So we had we so we had wrestlers from Shikara. We had local guys. Uh, Blank from Shikara was there, um, and he uh, just everyone was here basically like you know talking about how wrestling is a great storytelling medium. And I have this sign I bring to me at my table. That's one of those light up boards. You know those mini light up boards. Yeah. And I, it says, ask me about wrestling. And it gets people talking because it's usually like, you know, so what do you what do you think about wrestling? And I'm like, that's such a broad question. But my usual answer is like, I think it's an underrated storytelling medium. Oh, okay. Yet, yes, it is a sport, but it is also drama. And how everyone tells their story from <coughs> every part of their character is something interesting and something that you're able to access. Right, right. So I, I, I think that's the best part about it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is like with everything you just said about uh, the, the Shinsuke and Asuka story that you're writing and everything you just said about wrestling, how does that sort of parallel with the comic book world? 
I think I think it's great because what we do is, and you know, a lot of people, I guess, don't really know because it doesn't get a lot of TV time, but um, or people or wrestlers will just put up like a post of a page or a cover, and they'll be like, you know, I, I will look at the fan, you know, interactions. Oscar will be like, oh, this looks great, and minor annoyance. But like, not tag the writer, not tag the artist, and people. Like, oh, this looks great. Well, this should be a comic, and I'll come in and be like, "Guess what? It is." <laughs> so, uh, or like my boy Raza, who does our cover art, who does great cover art. God bless you. You are just phenomenal talent. People are like, oh, they buy that as a print. What is that? I'm like, it's a cover by my boy Raza. Check it out in March. So, uh, it, it's. You know, I, I almost have to be like the patron saint of getting credit on certain things because, you know, it, it I, I think we work really well. And our job is basically like when the cameras aren't on, there's so much there's <coughs> there's so much story that doesn't you know, we don't see as fans, you know, Raw's only once a week and that's that's three hours. Yeah. What happens within this week? Oh, well. We know kind of what happens because everyone has social media accounts. We can kind of get ideas. And right. that was my thing with Shinsuke was like, okay, well, I'm starting this story off with him surfing. If you follow Shinsuke. <laughs> of course. On, yes. If you follow Shinsuke on any social media, the boy loves to surf. I think with Shinsuke, I think his favorite part of be, about being WWE is that he gets to travel the world and surf at more Beaches. He, yep, he surfs all these beaches. That man is just happy on his board. So I was like, look, undistinguished number of pages. Just have him, like panels, just have him surf. Here's the dialogue. Just here's what he looks like when he surfs. Here's what he wears when he surfs. So you can draw whatever from the shorts to the full body thing. Up to you. But, like, the first page has to have him surfing. So... There's a part of me that feels like I don't think he cares how he's booked in WWE as long as he's making good money and being and, and able to surf all these beaches around yeah, the world. I, I, he's I happy. He, he, you know, he I had to uproot his family from Japan, so I feel like you know his wife. His wife knew a lot of English because right. uh, I forgot what she does, but I know that she actually helped him with his English when she first got. When they first got here, yeah, because there's this uh, there's this interview on Jericho's podcast with Shinsuke first getting there, and Chris did this very cool thing, and I admire he kept the he kept the questions not dumbed down, but sort of very very easy for him to understand. Yeah, but they were still very deep questions. Yes, uh, like my favorite thing is basically you know like how did you come up with your finisher? And, you know, he, you, you hear him pause and he, he basically says, like, you know, on TV, it's very hard to relate to what it feels like when someone body slams you or does whatever. But I think we can all relate to what it might feel like when someone knees you in the face really hard. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, that is utterly fantastic yeah. and so simple because you're like yeah what does a diamond cutter feel like you can't feel great but like i've been kneed in the face right you know like yeah that's gonna suck that's <laughs> gonna suck a lot so but 
it's a great interview too because he, then you know he also talks about like the difficulty of trying to find like this agent market because he really loves <clears throat> that one Japanese dish. I'm kind of remember what it's called, but it's fermented beans, beans, fermented bean sprouts. I can't remember what it's called right now, but that's like his favorite thing to eat. And it took him a really long time to find like an Asian market. Um, but his wife, his wife was very good at English and taught him. A, and I think he took classes too, because uh, when he still had his snap, uh, one of his, friends first friends that he made there was mojo raleigh yeah so i i kind of figured like you know a lot of people helped him with his english and now he's great now he's hysterical like he, especially last year when he did that whole villain about how he doesn't speak english fantastic dude that was uh, hilarious absolutely, absolutely fantastic <laughs> like i kind of i kind of wanted him to do what oscar did is and just did promos in japanese and just scream obscenities to you in japanese yes but <laughs> it just seems a more authentic but i also think i'd love for them to do especially when they were doing like <clears throat> them shooting their own promos with like their phones and stuff yeah i think it would have been great if they actually took the time out to do subtitles i feel like uh especially when you know he was at heel and didn't want to speak english that would have been the perfect time to incorporate like no, have him do like really deep thoughts and sentences and what he wants to convey as a villain in Japanese. Right. Like that's that's beautiful too. That that should have been what should have been done, but no one listens to me and it's fine. Uh, so, <laughs> but I, I, I think I think comics is the perfect storytelling medium to go along with this because you know they're superheroes and supervillains. Like, you know, we have Braun out here tipping over cars just for the fun of it, just tipping <laughs> over trucks, you know, like he's goddamn super shredder. And, you know, who was, you know, played by Kevin Nash coincidentally. Yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, what happens afterwards? Does he eat the car? Maybe who knows? So it, it, it's really good and how we can come in and fill the void of, you know, how these characters really came to be and, and how they interact with each other. Because one thing I kind of wish they'd go back to <clears throat> is vignettes. Oh, yes, yes. I really think a lot of characters would benefit from vignettes. And I don't mean, like, clip shows of them, like, their whole thing is then cut a promo and then, like, it's like a slideshow. I don't want a demo reel. I want something they do in character. Like, the closest thing I think they got to was... EC3's thing about coming in and then undressing and then like him just showing off his muscles. I'm like, that's probably the closest thing, but like we haven't like when like we had like a whole month of like, you know, Angle coming in. We had a whole month of him like showing off his medals and like I'm ready to come to the WWF. Right. Or, you know, Carlito, Kofi. We get a sense of where they're from, who they are, what they're about. Yeah. And you can and you can make 30-second things and air them, like, twice a week. And by the time they get there, we're like, oh, this is what this person's about, A++. Right, right. Now I now I know if I can relate to this character or if they're just, you know, or the fact that they actually have a character is the best part. Right. Like, how dope was it when the, uh, before, uh, <laughs> like, before Mr. Perfect uh, debuted in WWF? 
like all those things where like you'd throw the football from one end of the uh, field and catch it on the right. other. Right. You know, he he do this thing with um Wade Boggs. He do all those uh, dingers with Wade Boggs. Yeah. He do those um he do those one shot from behind basket shots. He do the thing with golf. Like, I mean, yeah, they were they were really cool. Plus, Mr. Perfect is like in my top 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 five easily. Uh, especially if you just see the gif of him just perfect plexing the giant and still being able to like bridge his feet. Right. Killer. Killer. <laughs> plus, plus him and Brett at SummerSlam, one of the best matches of all time. But, you know, if you, there's a behind the scenes thing they did and I forget how many shots it took for him to actually like get that basketball. Cause that was not one take. Oh, definitely. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, you get nice influence. Oh, this guy's a really good athlete and really good at what he does. Awesome. I know who this guy is. He's a jerk, but he's really good at what he does. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's and it's cool, like what you're talking about, how comics can be that thing to like sort of fill in that other space of these people's stories. Um, you've seen it in other comic books. Um, or even when, like, a TV series ends, like, say something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they continued on with the story afterwards in the comic book universe. So comic yeah. books have this sort of space to tell these other, like, stories within stories and stuff like that. And being that we're in this really cool age of wrestling, it's cool that wrestling can be a part of the, the comic book universe. I think so. I mean, especially, you know, because this isn't the first time that wrestling has come to comics. You know, Marvel had the WCW license in the early 90s. WWE's been licensed a few times. I think one by Titan Books, one by another one. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Chaos. Chaos had the license in the late uh, late 90s, and that was casually hideous. But, <laughs> oh, that. The Paul Bear story, like, he's a borderline rapist. Not great guy. And <laughs> it exists. It exists. Yeah. And uh, Warrior had his own comic in the mid-90s. That makes no sense whatsoever. Go back. Find this issue. Read me the Ultimate Warrior story. It will not make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> None. None whatsoever. Uh, but the fact that... <laughs> But the fact that someone, I can't remember who, actually gave Warrior an origin story was kind of great. He was like this cave explorer. And then he came across like this. He's basically like Juggernaut. Juggernaut. He came across the Gym of Ciderac. And it is absolutely great. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how this happens. That is bananas. And so my... My my favorite thing when people ask like, uh, is this canon? I'm like, I guess it's as canon as it's gonna get, maybe. <laughs> so it's as real as you want it to be, guy. Like that's 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 how it is. So uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of fun, especially I mean the the '90s WCW comic isn't that great. It's weird, but um, but there's this there's this famous panel where Sting visits this kid in the hospital. And this kid's like, I want you to, I want you to win out there for like, I want you to do this for me, Stinger. I can't remember what it was. Something about, I think it was like trying to cure his cancer. And Sting's like, uh, I, I can't do that. But what I can do is make you an honorary Stinger. And the kid's <laughs> like, Oh, okay. I'll see, I'll see
see if I can find this. I'll see if I can find this for you later and be like, yeah, no, no, this this absolutely exists. This absolutely oh, something. That's... Like, like that's gonna help me. <laughs> right, right, and like how the art conveys is just sort of like, ah, oh, I found it, found it, found it, found it. The wildest moments from Marvel's WCW. Sting, can you help me make me better? And then the nurse actually says, no, Julie, Sting is only human like the rest of us, but he can make you an official stinger. Thanks. <laughs> I'll send this to you over Facebook right now. But but so in case you want to, you know, give context to people who actually listen and post this up on Twitter. But like, right. you know, this, this is a weird thing. It's a pretty there's wild shit in this like series. Um, but I mean, the 90s roster was really weird. I mean, but you had guys like Ron Simmons, uh, Z-Man, I think Sid it was in it for a brief. I think he came back as Sid Justice around that time. Yeah. <laughs> or was he something something? else anyway but yeah um it, it, it it's just wild so the fact that we can actually we can actually go off and you know be weird to a certain extent as well here we're not talking about like getting super super weird but right there's definitely part of us that were like well well how does this happen and I'm like well you know this would be what i would do here or uh, I'm trying to think of another really good example. Um, or, or, or like uh, uh, Kevin Panetta and Dominic Stanton did this a table for three issue was like this story in the Attitude Special where it was uh, Dude Love, Mankind, and Cactus Jack having dinner with one another. Like I, I feel like that's something because they are different people. As yeah. far as we know, as far as we know, they are different people. They're just different personalities. Right. Um, so the fact that we, we, we are able to have this sort of freedom, and, and there is a certain amount of freedom, but, you know, as saying uh, Kelly Frazier, there you are, head of finding on the Facebook. And... Um, I, I, I think it's perfect. I, I, I think there's nothing better that what we could possibly, you know, do with this stuff aside from, you know, maybe like another sort of animated series. Right. And the thing is with wrestling in regards to is this like is this in the wrestling canon? The thing is with wrestling is that if wrestling wants to ignore something, they're going to ignore it. Too. <laughs> oh well, yeah. It's it's Vince's playground. Like we can definitely be like, hey, well, I mean, you know, I I, I look at 1999 as a really good example of like they can ignore whatever the fuck they want. When like the year begins with Rock and Mankind beating the dog shit out of each other at the Rumble and halftime heat, and by the end of it, they're like multiple time tag team champions. <laughs> right. That was a wild year. <laughs> 99 was really wild because you could definitely tell, you know, WWE was throwing out like big guns, like world title matches every week uh, because the world title actually changed 11 times in 1999. That's wild. <laughs> That's, you don't see that anymore. No. And and that's fine. I, I like long title reigns. I don't like too long title reigns, but I like I like enough title reigns to where it feels like, oh man, when you finally when you finally lose, 
it's it's a big deal. Right. Uh, and yes, by the way, I just sent you that uh, Sting panel over on Facebook. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like comics are a perfect medium for this. And yeah, the the last issue's out, and I think the series actually wraps completely with the uh, WrestleMania specials. So it, it it's a good... I, I feel good to have been part of it for as long as I have been and been able to do what I've been able to do and tell people like, no, this, this series is great. Dennis has done a really good job um, of putting everything together and uh, I wished him nothing but the best. And, you know, I, I have no idea what the future holds if they want to, re, you know, get the license back, but I'm down either way. Right. So I'm here. I always like to ask this question during these interviews is that what's some, what's like a, a lesson, like a little like nugget of advice about your life or career that anybody doesn't matter what sort of avenue of artistry that they're in could sort of uh, project onto their own life and career. Um, and it's sort of a lesson from your life. Um, shoot your shot. That's that's what I would I would say. Like if you have an idea, even if no one likes it, um, make it. I, I I mean I learn from your mistakes though. At the same time, like don't just continuously putting out garbage. But <laughs> right, learn learn along the way. I mean I first pitched my com- first comic when I was like twenty four. I was out of my element when I actually learned like oh you gotta make oh man. So, but I mean, I learned, I, I, I did some interning over at Top Cow and, um, you know, I, I learned from guys like Ron Mars, Ted Nafee, uh, Tom King, Scott Snyder. So, I mean, Scott and I have been friends for like a decade. He's been a really good mentor and just like, well, this is what, this is, you know, you do this. Because um, if, <laughs> I, I, I've learned, I've learned in the past that I need someone to tell me, you need to ring this shit in, because otherwise... <laughs> and, I, and that's the thing, I like building worlds. Like, I, I will tell you, like, point blank, my Survivor Series origin, take your origin story. Now that I thought about it, like, after I told them the plot, would have been, like, the whole issue. And so... <laughs> they, I'm glad they told me, like, well, we can't even do, like, these first two things you have planned. So I'm like, <laughs> well, all right. I guess I'll just do the the third act of my five act play and call it a day. So and it and it works. I, I, I do have that problem every now and then. But my thing is just just learn from your mistakes and but don't be discouraged. But if someone says, Well, this sucks, learn why it sucks. Just try not to take shit personally. I mean and then you may learn like, oh yeah, that is shit. But you, you may have had fun like writing it, made fun creating it, even if it's like a dumb idea. I'm in the middle of something uh, with my buddy Chris, uh, Chris Haley, and we were like, I, I, I told him an idea for something, and uh, it's going to be part of an anthology later in the year. But he's like, "Hey, man, this is the stupidest and most fun idea I've ever had. Uh, can if we go in together, you want to pitch this to Nickelodeon?" And I'm like, "You know what? Sure, I, I don't, that's fine, because it is. It's it's dumb, and I, I and." Yes, comics can be art. Comics can be educational purposes. Comics can be a great medium. But at the at the end of the day, look, you're not curing cancer. 
you're not making any sort of like breakthroughs in as a societal thing have fun with it and that's and that's what i feel like a lot of people don't understand or put a lot of pressure on themselves right out of the gate when they want to make like a hundred page magnum opus and it's like mm, start small start my first paid gig was like two pages because if you can't write a story in two pages no way you're gonna be able to write one in a hundred right so that's that's my multiple layered advice yeah and i always like to uh end my interviews with the same question i always give it to people ahead of time to think about who is uh, somebody that's been a part of your life or career that i could realistically interview for this podcast that would have some good stories or lessons to talk about you know and i thought about this i i, I thought about this for um a while and i and i definitely think it's interesting uh i i'd love for you to if you're available if definitely talk uh to two people Two people who have really like uh, helped me, and I, I mentioned them: Ron Mars and uh, Tom King. Ron was uh, basically a cornerstone of my like childhood. I was a huge Green Lantern fan, and Kyle Rayner came in, I think, when I was like eleven. So being friends with Ron now is great, and then being you know seeing Tom's rise in the past seven years when he was at Heroes Con in twenty twelve you know, just trying to sell his book and getting his name out there and seeing that he's just a powerhouse now and what he did with Vision, what he did with Omega Men, what he did with Mr. Miracle and how he's, you know, slowly be surely becoming a household name. And, you know, I, I, I think people really need to see that we all start somewhere. People want to start automatically and just try to get signed to big names and everything like that. But there's so much, there's so much work and brain power that has to, you know, help forge this creative outlet that, yeah, it, it, it may seem like some people overnight, but some people never see, like, the long nights and what they went through beforehand. And I, I think both those guys have really good stories about getting there. Nice, nice. Yeah, thanks for those suggestions. Uh, before we get out of here... Where can people go online to get more information about what you're up to? Uh, okay, so my social number is 254. Wait, no. Okay, <laughs> so uh, so um, I'm easy to find on Twitter. Twitter's easy. Uh, I'm at Pittstuff, P-I-T-T-S-E-D underscore O-double-F. That's where you can reach me at any time. My DMs are open. Uh, I mean, don't be weird, but, you know, don't just be, be like, hey, I want to, you know, I, I, I don't be weird. Don't be weird. It's a, it's an easy life. You know what? Go back to my life lesson learning. Don't be weird. That's that's the thing. But you know, just <clears throat> if you want me to take a look at your thing, if you you know any young creator out there wants second eyes on a project, I'm always available. Uh, I mean, I do sleep. I sleep poorly, but when I do, you know, I, I you know I'm not answering my phone. But right, uh, Twitter's always great. Instagram, if you like. Uh, Torty cats and wrestling picks. Uh, my Instagram's full of those, and, and those are those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And I, I'd love to talk to more wrestling fans out there. And my thoughts. Um, also, if you love Destiny uh, on PS4, my handle is Orion Star O R Y O N S T A R. Uh, come find me. I'm always looking for fire team members to do things with. Sweet, sweet. 
All right, man. It's been great talking with you, man. Thanks for all the wrestling talk. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no doubt, man. You have a good day. Oh, you stay fresh. Okay, that was my interview with Land Pitts. All the links to wherever to follow him online will be in the show notes for this episode on freshisthepodcast.com. So that's another interview in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.